Good morning and welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. Hi, Stacey. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, John? And we both know we're home this week, so we're, we're <laughs> no traveling for the moment, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, you've got family who are traveling. You've got brave people who are going between countries. Um, I, I've, yes. um um, imagine, imagine you're concerned about them. I am concerned. They they had left just before things got really scary, um, and they are thankfully um, able to get home. We, we one of them is, is on their way home today. Another one will be on their way home tomorrow. So we were we'll work out all the flights and all the things. Um, and so by hopefully uh, Friday evening, my entire clan will be in the places they need to be at to hunker down. Um, but I've talked to a lot of families who are in the same situations, right? I mean, um, for universities and students who are abroad and people who were in the midst of um, travel while things were still sort of solidifying, it, it's definitely been a challenge. But, but yes, I, I will be a, a much more calm and happier mother uh, come this weekend probably. So, but, but I think everybody's dealing with those kind of challenges right now. And how about you, everybody? safe and, and where they need to be at in your family? Yeah, today is my uh, my grandson's first birthday, and so he's going to have a glorious Zoom birthday party. Um, and uh, I've been, you know, we've been doing more and more things with, with video. On, on Monday evening, uh, my, my partner, Heather Bussing, and I teach a class of the local law school about internet and social media law and uh, we did that class by zoom monday um, and it went reasonably well although it's clear that there are things that you need to know about uh, using video conferencing going forward like having video conferencing over your your home wireless system while the kids are playing extensive video games means your video conferencing doesn't work. Um, and yeah. so, so doing work requires that you uh, um, engage the kids in a battle for resources. <laughs> and, um, that's, that's an interesting problem because the kids are home um, doing school digitally. Uh, and so, so you can't tell them to stay off. Um, and pe people are having to deal with that. One of the tricks I learned is plug an Ethernet cable into the back of your router and plug that into your computer and then let the kids fight over the wireless because you've got a hard wire in. Um, yeah. um, and th and that, that works for a lot of people. As the students um, in our class figured that out, their experience of going to school digitally got better. Oh, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think yeah. there's definitely that. There's there's also an awareness that um, even in your neighborhood, you know, I, I live in a in a in a suburbanite type neighborhood, and once the kids comes home, the speed of our line in general just slows down, right? Um, and so there is some conversation to be had with your um, cable provider to find out if there are alternate uh, lines they can switch you to as well. I know I found that that oftentimes. Um, you know, you tend to play a game of, of who switches to, to what more quickly. 
but it can help as well in speeding things up if you're if you're not on the line that everybody else is on for that moment if they've got two or three different lines coming into your neighborhood uh, so that's another trick that i have learned as well uh, people all over the world are, are are learning to um reassess you know the idea of of what working from home looks like when it's when it's a constant thing not something they do once in a great while right right um yeah so so what else are you seeing out there? It's a, it's a, it's an interesting time. Yeah, I mean we 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 discussed, you know, how much do we want to talk about what's going on from the from the the standpoint of the healthcare and the virus perspective and and how much do we keep to the traditional um things that we generally talk about, which is the news that goes on in the HR technology space. And I think it's important to you know, there are things continuing to happen, and we definitely wanted to cover some of the things that are happening in the market that people need to be continuing to watch. Um, so there are things taking place in the HR technology space, like Topia acquiring Monea. Uh, Topia, for those of you who don't remember, the, the name change was the original Move Guide, um, and they've, they've rapidly sort of grown in the global talent mobility space, and so there's some interesting conversation there. We also have uh, Lyria Health um, raising $75 million to focus on mental health wellness platform for employers. $75 million is a pretty big uh, chunk of, of change in this space uh, from an investment perspective. Um, and uh, this is not um, the first time I think they've uh, obtained investment. So there's some interesting conversation to talk there about the idea of an organization um, that's focused on mental health and benefits continuing to increase uh, in um, more investments. We also saw this week that HealthStream, for those of you who follow the uh, medical learning and development space, they would, un they would know the HealthStream name. For those who are not in that industry may not know it, but it is one of the largest um, learning providers for the healthcare and nursing industries. A healthcare acquired a uh, organization called Nurse Grid, which was the number one rated and top downloaded app for nurses. So I think just solidifying their industry-specific focus on education and training in the healthcare space and talent management as well. They do have some talent apps. I think what's interesting there is, is we are seeing a, a continued sort of consolidation of industry-specific um, applications in that space. And then an interesting one, which was sort of crossed over a little bit of the other things that we've been talking about, but for those of you who know SHRM, which is the Society for Human Resource Management, uh, the largest probably global association membership um, organization, um, I didn't even realize this, I think they said they had 300,000 HR and business executive members um, in 165 countries. They don't exactly say um, how many workers are in the SHRM organization itself. That's what I was kind of looking for, but I, we didn't get a number there. But um, they have made a selection of a new HR technology for their payroll workforce management and core HRMS, um, and they have selected Ceridian um, Dayforce to do that. So I think it's worth having a conversation about um, what happens when the largest human resource organization um, in the globe who touches more than 300,000 HR and business uh, executives on a regular basis, you know, what their decision around HR technology um, means for the rest of the market. Um, and then if, if we've got time, we definitely wanted to spend a few minutes talking about what organizations in the HR tech space are doing around the COVID-19 virus and addressing things for both their employees as well as their customers. We did see some interesting announcements come out both from Workday and Facebook 
as well as Grucker and Cornerstone on things that they're doing for the industry that we could sort of share with everyone. Um, and then, John, I know you've been thinking about questions that people should be thinking about as they move into sort of the next stage of this um, uh, COVID-19 crisis management process. So, so lots of things still going on um, and a lot of things that we should be thinking about at the same time. Any of these uh, worth a, a little bit of a conversation before we dive into some of the bigger topics you and I were thinking about? Well, so um, one of the, the – there's a really important question here, right? Um, the, the thing that I'm hearing from the operating parts of companies is that people are holding their cash back. So the small businesses that I know are seeing their accounts receivable age an additional 15 to 20 days already as the big companies yeah. who pay them stop paying to hoard cash. Uh, and so, so you hear a lot of stories about deals being struck, but cash not moving. When you look at these acquisitions, like Topia acquiring Maneo or um, uh, the Lyra Health Raise or the HealthStream acquiring Nurse Grid thing, the question will be, do they actually get the money? Mm-hmm. Right. And that, and that's, that's, there's 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 a lot of behind the scenes fuss going on in the banking system about where does the cash go because we're we're about to see we're about to see the unemployment rate go from three percent to twenty percent in a month um, and and that means that cash is crazy and almost everything you know about business is wrong right now. Um, and so, so this 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 attempt to move the industry forward, it's really important that we achieve some level of normalcy. But it's really really challenging. So, so I wonder if the consolidation stuff is going to continue or going to be able to continue if mergers and acquisitions. You know, now somewhere in the crisis, and and it may not be that far off, people who are sitting on the sidelines with money are going to start picking up companies cheap, (laughs) right? And so so our list of acquisitions is probably going to go through the ceiling somewhere over the next four to eight weeks as as well-heeled players pick pick up companies that have been wounded by the crisis. Well, and what will also be interesting to see, and, and we did see this in 2007, I think, um, in 2008, uh, was which of the small companies will band together as well. I mean, so there will be, there'll be a lot of pickups for those who have money, and then there will be some companies. So, so I think this move by Topia with picking up Monea is two companies in an area that is likely to be hit really hard, right? Like global mobility is one of those areas. I was, I was sort of looking to have a quote here from KPMG about how much global mobility is supposed to be um, growing in the next several years. And I thought that whole number might just completely dissolve from an expectation perspective, surely because, you know, traveling around the world will not be something people are as comfortable with or moving to another country possibly at least within the next 18 months to, to 24 months. Um, and so uh, these two companies together might be able to weather that storm a little bit more um, feasibly than two smaller companies individually 
uh, Monea is um, the technology leader for managing business travel compliance for enterprise and individuals. And there will still need to be business travel, um, but you're much more likely to have people who maybe travel in and travel out versus what Topia was traditionally focused on, which is primarily focusing on moving people, which I think you'll have a, probably a lot less movement. So there might also be some interesting things happening with companies figuring out, can I buy or can I acquire or can I merge with someone who has more opportunity at this point in time because of the kind of things they offer than what my current business model is. Um, so for example, anybody who was connecting with Zoom right now, they're one of the few stock prices that are continuing to rise with everything going on, right? Right, right. Um, but there's a, there's an interesting thing. I was I was trying to figure out who you would invest in in this marketplace. It turns out that the cell phone providers and internet providers are doing just fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so so, so um, and and you got to imagine that there are pockets inside uh, of HR tech that are going to just explode as the result of this. But but it's still pretty foggy to see that. I think the um, the announcement that Sherm is going to use Ceridian that's a that's a pretty interesting thing. You, you know, if you were any um, provider, having the endorsement that comes from having Sherm choose you is an extraordinary thing. It's an it's an extraordinary. Um, move that Sherm has made and the advertising and reputation value for Ceridian must be astonishing. Yeah, and, and this is sort of an interesting one because I, I don't know that, that Sherm, the organization itself, is, is that huge probably. Um, but like you said, this this is all about the announcement and and the connection to them, right? Um, and, you know, you know, as you notice, this announcement doesn't exactly say how many employees they have. I'm looking up online, and, and it's sort of a, a, a mix. I get 393. I'm not sure if that is correct or not. That's, that's off of the Google search of employees, which would be a very small company even for a day force organization. Um, but just the fact that sort of you're getting a bit of a, of a hit with the, with, the, with the largest association for HR, right? Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, one of the things that I'm hearing a lot of organizations talk a lot about is um, – the idea that HR technology selection right now has become, so we're seeing a, a, a pause in, in, in buying decisions, right? That's one thing. To have this announcement come out right now, is, it means that this decision was probably made fairly, fairly uh, a little while ago. But two, we're also seeing that as organizations are rethinking their working requirements and working needs almost to sort of a, a, a step back to say, I need to maybe rethink even some of my requirements if the world's going to change as dramatically as we think it might change in the next 24 months um, with requirements for people working from home and access to technology on, our, on an ongoing basis and those type of things. So, you know, the question for Sherm will be, is Dayforce who they need going forward? I think that the short answer is we sort of see is that most of the current core HRMSs in the cloud environment can meet most of the needs that organizations need. Will they be able to meet the needs of all virtual organizations if that's what we have to run into for a little while, right? Well, that's 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 where you get to some pretty interesting questions. Do our standard model HCM systems work well in distributed workforces? 
And I don't know of any. Do you know of any that are specifically designed to handle distributed workforces? Not, not, no. I, I would say none that were designed with that in mind. I mean, I think we, we might possibly say that some of the work that ADP is doing with a, with a team-based model could possibly be a little bit more aligned there, but that's their newest product, which isn't really out in the market yet. Totally, I mean, it's out, but it's, but it's not um, being used by a lot of organizations, and, and so I haven't really seen that in action yet, so I, I can't say if that is as it was stated to be to us at an analyst event, but I, I have not seen many applications that were designed with the idea that I'm going to be serving most of my employees in a virtual environment. That would be an interesting conversation or, or to have with some of the vendors, right? Yeah, that's that's. I, I think that we're about to learn all sorts of things about what it takes to make virtual work happen. And that hasn't been a singular focus of HR or HR tech. It's been a sort of a sideshow. And yeah. um, so... so so you can imagine that our news is going to start really having a lot of people making big claims about uh, their relevance in uh, distributed workforces. Well, I think the other side of this picture is that not every job can be done distributive, right? So in a distributed format, I should say, term to use. Um, and so in those areas, manufacturing, service industry, you know, um, grocery stores, those type of things, right? Um, the other side of that is how do I manage a workforce in a way that ensures their safety? Because although, yes, we have social distancing now and life will eventually sort of get back to some level of normalcy as we get past this crisis, I think indelled in sort of the, the, the psyche of our, our world will be this might be the first of many that there might be future. So we have to sort of keep at some level of heightened awareness probably at least for, for a while will be in, in the minds of, of employees and workers and businesses. So then things like biometric clocks and um, training sessions where you require everyone to, to sort of uh, do some sort of um, hands-on work um, are going to be a struggle to sort of say this is the, the wave of the future where it would be much better to provide some sort of access to something where I don't have to touch anything, where I can do things in training virtually, right? Um, those are going to be the tools that, that will become more um, valuable if this is the world that we're entering into for, for more than just this one crisis, right? Yeah, I think, I, I think the, the, the big question about what happens on the other side of this is, is something that really has my attention. Um, um, because we're not coming back to the way it was a week ago. That's not, that's not, it's not going to be like it was ever again. <laughs> and, and getting your mind around that, it's a real challenge. You know, the, the great thing is there's nothing but opportunity in the, in the world that's coming, but the trick to understanding that opportunity is uh, it doesn't look like what we just had. Yeah. Um, and so, so I think, I think you know what happens is what happens in t in times of crisis is the level of innovation explodes. 
but and and so you know we've had we've had a decade where the really brilliant innovations were Facebook, you know, and 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 that's that's after the innovation before that was the internet, and the innovation before that was desktop computing, and the innovation before that was chip development, and the innovation before that was going to the moon. <laughs> you know, we're sort of due for we're sort of due for something other than extensive ways for everybody on the planet to gossip. Um, and, <laughs> uh, uh, right, right. And, and so it's, I, I couldn't be more excited about what's, what's to come. And, and it's a very, it's a, it's a crazy time because, because it's possible to be super excited and super optimistic and scared out of your wits at the same time. At the same time, um, yes. I I think that's that's the dynamic that we're struggling with, right? I think everybody's struggling with, which is, um, I mean, last week we didn't get to talk about it, but I had a whole list of of things about how the pandemic conversation was pushing innovation forward with the use of artificial intelligence and robotic robotics, right? Um, we're seeing some of probably the most innovative analysis work being done that I've seen in the market, right? Um, on trying to understand where the pandemic will go and how it will spread. Um, we're also seeing some of the most um, forward-thinking use of robotic and automation inside, particularly in China, but in other areas, where they're using those tools to allow people to get the resources and the, and the healthcare that they need without putting other people at risk, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I spent an hour on Monday morning in a busier, um, it was kind of like a town hall for people doing people analytics. Uh, and there is some amazing work going on. The people analytics teams are working 80-hour weeks. They're just busy as all get out because the questions that leadership are asking right now are totally different than the questions that they've asked before. Um, I, I spoke with some people on the Uber people analytics team, and their view of the world is astonishing, right? And in the process of solving crisis-related problems, they're starting to have insights about the way their workforce operates that, that were unavailable to them when it was sort of a static environment. Um, and... And so they're learning new ways to think about using external information. I mean, one of the things that happens in, in people analytics right now is if you're not plugged into external sources of data about um, both the, the disease itself and the innovations associated with disease, you can't make good predictions. Yeah. Right. And so it's, so it's crazy. So, so what's what's interesting now is that is that back to back to our news, the um, um, uh, big companies, the big Silicon Valley's Workday, Facebook, and its ilk, are um, granting their employees cash bonuses to cope with this, which is great because because in the small business sector everybody's getting laid off. Um, and so, 
So keeping the workforce intact um, is really smart of those big companies and and for everybody who's working in those big companies, please, please take the privilege that you've been given, spend it in your local restaurants on carry out. <laughs> <Just because, laughs> Because it yeah. turns out that, that the entire economy depends on the people who are going to be hardest hit here. It's interesting. There was a couple other uh, news um, uh, announcements this morning about um, uh, different um, executives and CEOs making statements that they weren't taking their pays this year to ensure that their employees all were not laid off. And those kind of announcements, I think one was from the conference board, which was pretty impressive in, in our research area, right, to, to have right. an executive make that statement. But I think that's the kind of, you know, we have done very well for a very long time at the, at the, um, in, these, in these large global businesses, um, particularly in the technology space, right? Um, but it takes a base of people every day getting out there working, investing, spending to be able to keep this economy running the way it does. And I think that's the thing that's scaring probably any of us who have watched that dynamic, who understand the interplay between your local hairdresser and your local grocery store and your local, you know, uh, food chain, as well as your mom and pop shops to how Facebook makes its money, right? realize that those two things can't be disconnected, right? Right. And it's, it's hard, you know, if, if you are um, inside of those big companies, it's, it's hard to remember that, that, um, that the, that the economy at the street level drives the overall culture's ability to support those big companies. Um, and that they, that they work, that they work and they're successful because um, of the of the little people who are going to be hard hit, the dry cleaners that are going to go out of business, and the the nail and hair salons that have had to shutter and don't have a month's worth of cash. Uh, it's also you know it's also a really interesting time because the um, you know I was supposed to go to Singapore. Um, uh, the first of May, but Korean Air, who I travel on internationally, canceled all of their routes. <clears throat> but they also aren't answering their phones, so I can't figure out when my very expensive ticket is going to get refunded. Um, and what I realized is that Expedia and Priceline have forced the airline industry to run at margins that are so tight that they yeah. spend the money when they take it in before they deliver the services. And it's unlikely that Korean air is going to be able to return my, um, and, and so, so you start to see how thin we've been running to get this far. And there are a lot of big companies that are super vulnerable to interruption in their cash flow. Um, so, so, so it was really good. interesting when I was, trying to get my children home um, and we were working through the details of it um, and, and for the most part it was pretty uh, one was flying on British Air, one was flying on, on, on um, Air Ireland and what we found is that all of the local country 
airlines were not taking calls and had stopped, and, and you didn't know if they were going to be running or not. We had to move all of our flights to the bigger, British Air being one of them, and to the bigger environments and United being the other to make sure that the kids had the ability to get home. Um, and I think that's exactly what you're talking about. When the smaller businesses inside these bigger business environments, right, they're running so thin and they're running, they, they can't keep the processes, you know, running while they're doing it. And we're hearing a lot of things about people outside the U.S. who are, who are stuck in different countries because those are the only flights that would go into those countries at one point in time, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so, so, so well, I would changing. Say it's changing, but right. it's not, I mean, it's scary. It's scary. And, and it's going to be, you know, I think for our, our, our audience and for the people that we're, we work with on a pretty regular basis, there's sort of that, that balance between scary and making sure that our job is to some level try and figure out how we keep the world running at a normal level because or getting um, some conversation going about what things look like as we get past the crisis because if we're not prepared for that, it will be another level of chaos as people start wanting to leave to buy services to do things and if we don't have an infrastructure ready to pick back up again as well, correct? That's right. Um, and and what that's going to look like varies depending on how long this thing lasts. So I, I was talking to somebody in Hong Kong and they've been quarantined in their house for 10 weeks. Um, and it's it's easy to imagine that that's what happens here because we were so slow about um, um, getting testing started, the way that the way that the company, the the places are successful in containing this thing work, is you have your temperature taken every time you cross a barrier, going in and out of your apartment building, in and out of the place you're headed to, and the hospitals all have dramatic gated entryways that are like airlocks. Um, and um, we're not seeing that here yet, um, and and so and so you can imagine that this might run a very long time. And the question of how do you, um, in wartime, make your business operate, and then when it ends and you've got all of the damage that's been done, how do you collect yourselves and move on into the world that emerges there? That's the that's. That's the stuff we're thinking hard about at, at HR Examiner. Well, and I, and I think to, to our audience, we're going to continue every week to have our conversations, to share what information we can, and also we think maybe talk a little bit about some of these conversations you're talking about, John, because I think if we can help everyone else think a little bit about what they're preparing for the next step, um, it'll help us sort of get through the current crisis. Because the current crisis, is, it just feels like it's just a battle of anxiety that we're all in the middle of, and, and as we should be. And there's definitely a lot of fear for those that we love and, and our family. Um, but having something else to focus on while, because being you know, sort of focused on the fear without focusing on the preparation, that, that's, I think, where the opportunity is for us to maybe help out and the whole industry to help out. I mean, we're seeing a lot of other HR applications and HR technology providers in this market trying to do the same thing. They're providing, you know, Cornerstone's providing uh, some free training through their, their Cornerstone Cares program. We're seeing organizations like Grucker providing, you know, access to 
free well-being uh, programs. That's where, that's happening everywhere. We're seeing you know a benefit programs extending telemedication medicine out to extended family members. That's the kind of community I think that we need to all pull together to say we're working together on this. There will be a future, and we all have to sort of think about about both ends of that spectrum, right? So that's that's our promise to everybody is that we'll keep doing both of those. Yep. Yep. So a darker but great conversation today. Um, thanks for taking the time to do this, Stacy. And thanks everybody for listening in. I hope you're healthy and doing well and um, enjoying learning how to do video conferencing in your pajamas. Um, <laughs> so maybe so next week we'll do we some will... tips on that, John. <laughs> tips, tips, tips on tips on how to get the camera to only show your face. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. You've been listening to HR Tech Weekly, one step closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. We'll see you back here next week. Stay healthy. Thanks, everyone. Bye bye now. Bye.